Welcome to Politics Today, Liberty Enlightening the World with Congressional Candidate Noel Famara for U.S. Congress, Hawaii District 2. We're going to discuss how the coronavirus impacts potential candidates and this election. Also, we're going to discuss how we can keep safe during this coronavirus outbreak. Today, I'm in the studio alone discussing and reading about how we can keep the community safe and educated while we make a economic transformation in our current modern society with the current outbreak of the pandemic across the world. I myself, Noel Famera, am a U.S. congressional candidate here in Hawaii, suffering the impacts of the pandemic and its effects on my ability to campaign and get our message out there for this 2020 election. It's been a struggle and it's forcing future candidates to look towards a digital era to get that message out. It's also proving to us that human-to-human contact may not be possible for the 2020 election and what this means to individuals and how we can secure our votes. I myself as a candidate am very concerned with this and that is why I proposed to the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, that we look into digital blockchain for voting. Many people out there disagree with the digital system. To those people, I say, educate yourselves in the blockchain. Since we are all home during these times of stress and, and out of work, it's imperative that we educate ourselves as we transition into a new world of economic stimulus. In order to do this, I advise you to educate yourselves on blockchain. This can secure data rights, this can secure voting rights, and if anything is a threat to authoritarians who seek to control voting, not only here in the United States, but around the world. And that is why I'm a strong advocate, not for paper ballots that destroy trees in the environment and leaves a large carbon footprint, but to move ourselves towards a digital world where hacking cannot be done through the blockchain, through encryption. So please do your own personal research in blockchain. It's a fascinating, evolving technological advancement of the new age, and I believe we can secure voting rights through this technology while simultaneously allowing our investments to grow through the blockchain. I've already worked with Congress and many people into opening up the avenues of understanding how blockchain can secure us and information. Moving on from the blockchain This all revolves around one of my key points in our campaign, Noel for Congress, which is data rights. Securing a blockchain for individuals to do transactions in an economy while simultaneously securing voting rights is the digital future and encryption is the security that we have been seeking. 
blockchain is a very fascinating open market technological advancement and allows for the inability for hacking. When I talk about data rights, I'm discussing how we can secure our personal information and our privacy. Blockchain is one item. Number two is giving consumers an option to opt in or opt out with companies receiving money and broadband, broadband on the back end. When companies are taking information on the back end, it throttles the consumer down on the front end. Not only is a consumer paying for a monthly bill, they're also not getting what they're paying for because the information on the back end is being collected by companies. During this economic transition, we will see a digital collapse if we cannot open the broadband network. And the way to do this is simply by what I have been proposing, which is an opt-in, opt-out option for data consumers to have a bill of data rights to either protect their data and not have it taken on the back end or to sell that data to these corporations on the back end. Consumers deserve the option. These are some examples of what a bill of data rights should be and part of a key point and core foundation of my campaign for Congress. During this pandemic, we cannot afford a digital collapse while everyone is now going to school from home, while they are working from home, and ordering from home, and delivering. We must provide a service that is not counterproductive to human advancement, but uplifts our economic stimulus. Moving on from data rights. One of the greatest advocates and leaders of our time currently right now is Andrew Yang, presidential candidate who has dropped out of the race. He has implemented a universal basic income, which allows individuals in the country to be paid by the corporations that are taking money on the back by data and selling it and being paid for it through taxes and can pay for it through taxes. So let me explain this all to a lot of people who are not familiar with the universal basic income and Andrew Yang's platform. I personally have been advocating for his implementation and have been on board with this as well since the very beginning of 2019. His plan is one that will sustain us through this next stage of a recession, which is looking more like a depression. By implementing a universal basic income, we can give people the foundation to have money and work from home and pursue a work from home situation because we do not know how far this pandemic is gonna go and how long it's going to take until we find a solution. 
So it is important that we implement a financial system that will not bail out the big companies, but at least bail out the American people and keep people from being homeless, from losing their jobs, and from complete economic crisis and personal struggle. The universal basic income takes a tax from the highest tech companies that pay zero dollars in taxes. They've been exempt this whole time and have paid zero dollars in taxes. By them paying the American people to take their money on the back end while simultaneously selling that data and not giving consumers a choice is the way to pay for a service that is rightly rendered on behalf of the American people. With this, we can possibly get ourselves out of this crisis. The reason why the stimulus bill right now that everyone is talking about isn't getting approval by the Democratic Party, even though the individual who implemented the idea of a universal basic income was a Democrat, is because this current stimulus bill does not address long-term solutions. It is a one-time payment of putting cash into people's hands, and it is not bailing out the people that need it the most, the poor, that do not have health care facilities or insurance or Medicaid or medication or availability to testing. It does not expand the health care needs for housing and isolation for those that are infected. These things are being neglected with this administration's Senate bill stimulus bill and this is why you're not getting the democratic votes on it no matter what i do see that there will be bipartisan support on this i've been working personally with the opt-in opt-out for those who make more with congress and the senate i believe that the american people deserve a solution and they will get that solution within few days we will solve this All I ask is that during this outbreak, people stay calm, stay in their homes. I am not a healthcare professional, but my past experience in life insurance and health insurance gives me the understanding of what it is to ensure the importance of ensuring our health and well-being. And I encourage all of my constituents and everyone out there to retreat to wash your hands, to continue to shower and to quarantine yourself until the time is up. We don't know who this affects the most and who it affects the least. And with an unpredictable pandemic that can spread at the rate that this is, it's imperative that we take this seriously. Now, as we move on, I would like to discuss what it's like to be a candidate running during this crisis of a pandemic. The truth is, a lot of people are very scared and they're saying the campaign is over, the election's over, stop what you're doing. And I say, it's never over. 
what we're doing here is we are running for Congress. We do not give up on our elections. We do not give up on our right, our, our rights to exercise to vote. We continue to do what we are meant to do, and we continue to push, and we will not let our elections go. Currently, right now in Russia, the president of Russia is dismissing elections so he can sit in his seat for the rest of his life. We are not that country. We are not an authoritarian regime. We are the United States of America, and we have our rights here, and we have a collective amount of people that are out there still pushing for legislation that protects the people. Because whether this is pandemic is going on or not, I'm still here working on getting test kits for individuals in the state, working on getting inbound flights, test kits immediately, and preventing the spread of this pandemic while calling for 10-minute bedside kits while simultaneously asking for universal basic income, not just a one-time stimulus bill. Individuals need leaders like this. And because I've been so assertive and been so definitive about what our public and community needs, we are seeing campaign funds go up. And I am so grateful for all the contributions because we are a grassroots movement. And people right now know that leadership that I am offering is desperately needed in times like this. And so we are not running campaigns to give us to give money, but we are asking people if they can contribute to our campaign to help us to get the message out there through the digital world that the campaigns are still going, elections are still going, and we are still here fighting for our rights, fighting for our democracy, but we're not fighting we're unifying and we're coming together under a more civilized manner. And we're not taking contributions from big corporations, from big businesses. We're taking cor- money from small businesses, small, small, small business owners, small families, small donors, and we are going to win this election because leadership like mine is desperately needed. I'd like to go in more about what it is like to run for Congress and what my background is. from the private sector and have been building businesses and growing small businesses since I was 22 years old. I grew up with a non-conformity education. What that means is my studies were always independent and I was exposed to many different types of education such as public, private, and homeschool, which to me, I believe, gave me the ability to be different and also take in different kinds of information and knowledge and being able to also relate to other people. And this is why this is one of the key foundations of my campaign for educational reform. The experiences I've had in my life led me to understand that 
conformity in education limits the ability to expand innovation and uh, knowledge. Working in the private sector and building a business is what gave me the insight of income inequality for women in business. And I noticed that women in the private sector were not protected under the same laws as those that were protected in the public sector. And so women like myself who own businesses were and are more susceptible to sexual harassment and income inequality. And struggling to be a female business owner in many fields of high male applicants led to a very competitive market and competitive nature for me and made me realize that women are very underrepresented in business and building the American dream and that more people needed to stand up like myself. Women like myself represent 8% of businesses, small businesses, and we only share in 4% of the economic growth. So I've owned businesses, successful businesses, ran successful businesses, and closed them out. And now I am focusing on running for Congress and getting a seat in the House of Representatives. What led me here to be in politics is I was an environmental activist for over 10 years. The experience of policy and protecting the environment is pretty much all I know and have done for many years. I've contributed to civic civic engagements and leadership in ocean conservation and I've petitioned for agricultural reform in Maui and reform of water treatment and waste management solutions. I was part of the American Business Women's Association in Kaneohe back in 2010 and I believe that these opportunities that I gained in terms of civic engagement gave me the ability to organize and to change and restore and build faith in the government again. I was regional coordinator in 2016 for the Jill Stein campaign, which was and is the champion and inception of the Green New Deal. I was part of the non-GMO movement in 2014. I've been here fighting for environmental justice for as long as I can remember. The moment started in, the real movement started in 2016 and I felt people really started to wake up but I also felt that people weren't really listening or they didn't care and I started to give up myself. And it's through this grassroots campaign that I've been able to gain faith in the community again that people are ready for change and that we are here to change the game and we are going to change the game. And these experiences that I've struggled with have led me to see that people need a voice. We need leaders that have an aura that speaks volumes to younger voters and can bring the innovative change that we need in policy. So a lot of people will ask me, like, what do you want to accomplish during your time in office? And I say, as soon as I get into office, I have a plan to draft 
a few pieces of legislation. The first one is the Sustainable Future Act, and the other one is a Bill of Data Rights. Those are the two that I will get to work on as soon as I take my oath. I also hope to be an inspiration to women that you can own businesses, be successful, and hold the highest levels of elected office and go up against a bunch of men and come out a winner because in this campaign, it's been a struggle for me with the women's movement and the, and the pro-life conflict and the pro-choice conflict. I, I'm going up against eight men in this election. I'm the only female candidate running in District 2, and it's a lot of pressure, but we're seeing that it's 100 years since the women got the right to vote, and I'm seeing such an inspiration out there with women that we can win and women are rising and it's just time for women like myself to just step up and not be afraid. Right now our elected officials can't agree on a climate action bill or how to protect elections and that's why we need fresh millennial blood to change the course so American people and the people of Hawaii can prosper. I've also worked in the tech industry for a decade I learned about automation and how it's going to take over. So I'm a big supporter of Andrew Yang's movement about a universal basic income. I've been a big supporter of the universal basic income since last year. But I want to take this technological advanced thinking further. And I want to secure our elections with blockchain and open up ideas for cryptocurrency that are going to be essential during this economic transition. My education and life and health insurance means that I know a universal healthcare system is possible and I also know what it's like to have your job be replaced by online ads and automation and we need to ensure Americans' future. My goal is to ensure that all Americans are taken care of through this economic and societal transition and I will do everything I can to bring that change in a most stable and secure way and restore trust in the government and that is why I am here running for U.S. Congress District 2 Hawaii.